This is Billy Corbin, co-founder of Rack and Tour, director of Cocaine Cowboys, The U, and Magic City Hustle, and you're listening to Lemon City Live. Lemon City Live is brought to you by Magic City Casino Highlight. The fastest game in the world has come to Magic City. We showcase the best features of the sport, combined with the state-of-the-art court, and the talents of our very own homegrown athletes, like myself, for a highlight experience like never before. Live Highlight returns to Magic City Casino in July 2019. But guys, remember to live the highlight. What's up? Fresh is our turn, baby. Yo, what it do, Lemonheads? It's me, Producer Fungus, riding solo today. My, uh, my, my boys, my co-hosts, Edwin and uh, Tenard, they couldn't make it today. It's all good. I got you. We're doing this. It's been an incredibly busy week in sports, man. Let me tell you, this past weekend, uh, we had uh, Canes getting it done in Pitt, FIU not getting it done so much up in uh in uh Tennessee and uh Dolphins man they almost got it done on Monday night I guess they were looking pretty good but you know they're tanking so they fell apart as expected and uh we'll get into that uh I actually we have Eric Henry joining us today oh before I get started yo shout out to Magic City Casino highlight if you haven't gone please go support sponsors of the show it's a really good time. The High on Friday and Saturday nights is so much fun. And if you're looking for something more family-friendly, you can always head out there on Sundays for their matinees, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, Tenard, I think Tenard is uh, still in contention for doubles, uh, so go out there and support support our guy. Trying to get that money, trying to get paid. Um, but uh, I think he's out of the out of the running for the singles. But it's all good. He could still, you know, win a, win a few more games and... Uh, Fatten up his pocketbook a little bit. Shout out to you, TD. Hope you get it done, man. So let's get let's get started just right off the bat, man. Um, with with big news coming out of the NCAA. Uh, they they announced that they're going to revise their their rules on athletes being able to profit off of their own likeness and their names and and such. So. Let's let's uh let's bring on Eric Henry, man. Eric Henry is joining us today as he as he often does. You know, he's our guy. And uh, let's see what he has to say. All right, Lemonheads, we are joined once again by Eric Henry from uh SB Nation and uh the the Shulabo podcast, am I right? SB Nation, Underdog Dynasty, and the Shulabo podcast by Five Reasons Sports. You got it, brother. There we go. I knew I forgot. No, man, I'm 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 a working <laughs> man. You can't keep up with all these titles, baby. <laughs> that's what's up man that's that's how i like it bro you gotta be everywhere man you gotta diversify <laughs> of course of course <laughs> so uh uh eric i brought you on today eric henry i brought you on today because um there was big news today right uh ncaa announced that uh, they are working on revising the uh the rules that student athletes can get paid uh based off their likeness all right so let's let's talk a little bit about that uh, what's your take on um, on what's going on uh, on how the on how the landscape is going to change? Really? Yeah, I mean, 
it's it's really an interesting topic, right? Because the biggest concern for a lot of people, and I mean, you know, for the Lemonheads listening, you guys have a really interesting perspective, right? Because you're down there in South Florida. Mm-hmm. You got UM, who obviously is the uh, the main preeminent school. Yeah. And then you got FIU and FAU, which are smaller schools. And the fans of smaller schools, what they're worried about is that the schools with a larger budget will be able to say, hey, um, come to our school because if they're recruiting athletes, because they say come to our school because – Look at how much money we can offer you or um, incentivize you in terms of uh, your likeness and your um, your presence out there in the landscape. If you play for UM as opposed to going to FIU, you might be on a billboard on, you know, 41. As opposed to if you go to UM, you know, you can get jersey sales and, you know, just a, a much broader reach. So that's really the biggest, the biggest concern for a lot of football fans. Uh, and then another thing, man, the reaction, you know, for – I don't know when uh, you guys may end up listening to this. Those of you who are listening, you know, it may come out a little bit later. But the reactions has been all over the place. Um, I'll just point out one thing that I got to kind of, you know, get your guys' perspective on and also kind of get a little rant off my chest. There's a uh, Republican senator from North Carolina, Richard Burr, who said yeah. that if college athletes are going to make money off their likeness while in school, their scholarship should be, should be treated like income. Uh, I'll be introducing legislation that subjects scholarships given to athletes who choose to, quote, unquote, cash in to income taxes. In English, he's saying, if you're a student athlete and you choose to cash in on your likeness, I'm going to tax your scholarship. Uh, excuse my language. That's yeah. the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I'm oh, trying to I make agree. This a, you know, just make that point for emphasis. I had academic scholarships in, in college, and I was able to work 20 hours a week, and they didn't tax my scholarships. Yeah. So if they're going to start taxing student athlete scholarships, then that's just insane. So and that's, the reaction's been all over the place, but that's definitely the uh, most recent take that I think has just been ridiculous. Yeah, and that's one of the points that uh, the people in charge of the NCAA uh, made a point to say is that they want student athletes to be treated like any other student on campus, where they can have a job or whatever. You know, they they, they don't want to make they don't want, they just want to level that that playing field. Like if some if some kid uh, creates or discovers something uh, uh, with his science scholarship, you know, it, he's allowed to profit off of that. You know what I mean? No, so, yeah. It, yeah. No, it, yeah, why yeah, should yeah. it work I mean, different? You hit the nail on the head. It yeah. doesn't matter, you know, if it's me as a regular student, right? Let's say I have a YouTube page and I blow up, right? Because people are really feeling my football analysis yeah. as a 19-year-old freshman. And they're like, yo, I'm going to that guy for my football analysis. Or... He's an expert on betting, right? Somehow he's just got his ear to the streets and he's got everything going. I can monetize that and make money. But then I don't know if you guys remember the situation with former UCF punter kicker Donald uh, Delahaye, who he had a really dope YouTube page just, you know, doing his thing, showing his exploits, uh, his mm-hmm. kicking exploits. All right. And UCF uh, eventually had to uh, dismiss him because he chose. He said, hey, I'm not going to shut down this YouTube page. I'm a broke college kid. I'm making money off of it. And uh, it came to a point where he had to choose his YouTube page over his college education. And that's disappointing. But wow. for a, a kid like that, who will now be able to make money off of that. That's great. I just think uh, all the way around. And another hidden point that, you know, kind of gets lost under the radar here. It's not just football. You know, if you're the women's gymnast, right, and you got a crazy dope gym routine, who, you know, there was a UCLA uh, gymnast, Caitlin uh, Ohashi, I believe is her name who last year had this YouTube routine that went viral. And then, you know, UCLA was like, oh, man, we got this great gymnast who we didn't even know we had. They started throwing her on billboards and throwing her on T-shirts. She can't see a dime off of that. Mm-hmm. And guess what? It's not like you're going to make, you know, millions of dollars as a gymnast as an adult. So yeah, I know, I know, all the I know way around, ESPN yeah, yeah, all the way around, I just can't see why this wouldn't be a good thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I completely agree. You, know, you should be able to, in essence, they're taking advantage of these athletes um, using their likeness without their, I mean, I guess with their consent because they're, they're signing on a dotted line. But it, but they're not. A, but if if I'm not allowed to profit off my own likeness, that's you know that's that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> to say yeah, the least. yeah. I mean, like I'll give you another least, example. Yeah. You know, when I was in college, um, this was before I got to UCF, I was at a local community college in Orlando, and you know, I'm sure you guys have all seen it. They yeah. have the little brochure that you know, like, hey, we have diversity. We go, you know, a black person and a Hispanic person and such and such, you know, throughout our campus. So they grab kids of different backgrounds for their uh, brochures. I happened to be on one of those and you know i didn't get a significant check but they used my likeness so they compensated before it oh. <laughs> so i just think that should go all the way around i tweeted out an example i don't know if you guys caught it where um essentially what i think you're gonna see for those of you guys listening you're gonna see a shift to the more generic um person who represents the football team right so instead of having james morgan represent the fiu football team you're gonna have generic uh um, former player who was an assistant coach who, you know, they throw him in the tin advisor and the black guy uniform. So you can't tell who it is and just put him in number 55 or number one and throw him out there. Or you're going to see a whole lot of coach Butch Davis out there as opposed yeah. to having um, athletes who are actually on the team in these billboards and ads and things of that nature. I think I personally, I think that the rules are going to change so that players can go outside of school and make money off their likeness. I don't think, um, the school is going to be able to pay them to use their likeness for, you know, promoting football or things like that. I think that's where it's going to head to, personally. But, it, it, but, but me, we don't know. But, We're just but let me just ask you so really quick, though. Don't you think that schools eventually, like, I mean, let's, let's use this example. Let's go back to the Reggie Bush, you know, Matt Leiner, USC days. Yeah. Those guys were stars in college. I mean, I'm sure you yeah. remember that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, if, if Reggie Bush is able to start monetizing his likeness uh, when he's at SC, I mean that's a lot of money that the school um, that the school is kind of missing out on. So I just think that that there's a situation where the school is going to say, "Hey, um, we've got this guy who clearly transcends college football. We got to try to find a way to get our hands in the pocket and in, in, you know in that pool of money as well as him." So I do think I agree with you. I think that a lot of athletes are going to somehow end up outside of the university in terms of being able to use their likeness. But then you're going to have that situation where it's like, you know, a Zion Williamson or, um, you know, a, a JJ Reddick type, someone who just transcends college sports. Yeah. And then it's going to get interesting. Yep. I mean, I, I, that's why, and that's why I think they are going to, uh, to create the rules so that you can't, uh, basically you can't get money from the school you're going to. Like, I, I think they're going to eliminate or they're going to prevent boosters from, uh, from paying kids, you know, like if your booster owns a business, you won't be able to hire whatever colleague. Like, like a, a Duke booster won't be able to hire Zion Williamson, for example, to promote his car dealership or whatever it is. I think that's where it's gonna head. I, I think that they're gonna, and they they give, they give the timeline for 2021 to uh to get to to put these rules in place, which gives them a lot of time to really put all the gears in motion to to do it right. They got a lot of time to really think of, to think on this. Yeah, I mean, they have, you know, they're giving themselves a lot of time. But I also think the reason they are giving themselves a lot of time is because the NCAA, you know, I don't want to come down on the NCAA, but it is what it is. Oh, yeah. They're not going to not find a way to get their hands in this somehow, you know. like So I'm just, I guess I'm For cautiously sure. optimistic because I'm pro player on this. But I also think the NCAA is going to find a way to say, hey, 
yeah, you can make a little money. You know, we'll we'll bring back NCAA uh, football for those the NCAA football fans. You know, yeah. I'm sure you know you're an NCAA football fan, uh, video game fan. I was as well. But they're gonna find a way to where they can monetize this as well. You know, they're not just gonna sure. let athletes just start making money out the out the ass and and they can't <laughs> be involved somehow. For sure, I I agree 100, percent man. Well, uh, I want to transition a little bit, man. You know, you're you're yeah, obviously yeah. Uh, the the lead FIU guy out there covering FIU football, and uh, so let's talk a little bit about FIU, man. What happened this past weekend, dude? They they, they looked good in the first half. You know, <laughs> that was that's a that's a weird game. I know I know the weather had some to do with it, but both teams were playing in that weather, not just FIU. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you said that because that's the thing that was bewildering. And I think it was, I think you uh, guys even tweeted that out at me when I was covering the game and live tweeting is that it looked like the FIU guys, like they'd never seen rain, you know, which come from Florida. Obviously, they have. Yeah. Um, that was bewildering, man. That just was really bewildering because in the second half, the MTSU kids came out and they just really took it to FIU. They, you know, Rick Stockdale, MTSU's head coach, came out and said, hey, the, they only threw one pass in the second half, and that was primarily due to the weather. And he said, hey, uh, once the weather and the wind and the rain came out, yeah, I went right to the run. And I was shocked at the way that my team was able to perform because I thought that FIU would be able to you know, kind of match our intensity. And he felt that they really did a great job. Even some of the FIU assistant coaches who I spoke to postgame said that they just got outmanned and you know, overpowered by an, FIU, by an MTSU team that was 2-5 and five ended that game. So as a matter of what happened, it's the same stuff we've been talking about for the past year and a half. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. cover FIU football as well. I mean, yep. you, you see that when the Panthers give up run, rushing yards, it's not just 100 or 150. They give them up in bunches. Yeah. And it comes down to, you know, technique and discipline. And we've heard that from Coach Butch Davis and a lot of the players uh, following post games. But it, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually fix it and make the, the corrections. And they haven't been able to do that. So I think the most disappointing thing, you know, if you're an FIU fan or a South Florida football fan in general, is that if they get that win, there's a good chance they're going to beat ODU. Um, do they beat FAU? Maybe, maybe not. But at least it makes that that showdown, you know, on November 23rd uh, at Marlins Park against Miami a little more interesting if they can get some wins. Exactly. But the fact that they lose, it just kind of takes some of the luster away from that game. It does, yeah. It takes the puts the win out of those out of those sales. But and that's been the blueprint for beating FIU past few past few years, hasn't it? The run game. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Once again, it's not that there's no talent on defense, but I don't want to get too inside nerdy football here, but like you can't have 11 guys can't make the tackle on the play, right? You know, each player has a certain responsibility on the defense. And I actually watched a play in the first quarter where MTSU's quarterback, you know, he ran a draw and the draw play was designed to go to the right. That was eaten up. You know, T.R. Tart did a great job of busting through the line and, you know, closing up that hole. So all Asher O'Hara did was just turn to his left. And the defensive help from the backside, they had over-pursued trying to make the tackle. So Asher Harris got this huge cutback lane, and he just burst on the sideline 53 yards. Yeah. You know, those are things that, like, it's not that FIU isn't talented. That's the most frustrating thing. They got some of the best talent in Conference USA. They're just not doing the little things well that wins you games. And, you know, it, it just really sucks all the way around because, you know, this is a team that had huge expectations coming into the year. You know, you guys are all Panthers, and I'm sure you felt the excitement coming into the year. Mm-hmm. And to be 4-4, four and four, it just kind of feels like the same old FIU, and that's disappointing. Kind of, yeah. It really, it really does feel uh, like they, they built up this hype going into this season, and um, they didn't deliver. You know, they haven't delivered. Maybe if they run the table for the, uh, the rest of the season and 
get to a nice bowl game, play a good com uh, good uh, a good uh, opposition team and beat them. Maybe it'll salvage the season. But still, you know, thinking about what could have been, I don't, I'm, I'm sure you remember me at the beginning of the season saying that they could run the table. <laughs> but uh, yeah, <laughs> that's not gonna, that, obviously that didn't happen. So, but uh, what, what I wanted to say was um, <clears throat> FIU. It's it's such a strange thing. Like you mentioned, they have all this talent, and they're just not doing it. But but Butch Davis is. Um, He's succeeded everywhere, and if you, I, I don't know if you remember FIU in the Ron Turner days, but it's still what they're doing now is still you know head and shoulders better than what was before. So, but I think yeah, I, I just think that oh, go ahead, all, go ahead, go ahead. yeah, I just, all those Ron Turner years kind of set FIU back so far. I don't, I, I'm not sure if it's going to take Butch Davis a little longer than we all anticipated. Okay, so there's two parts of that I can take, right? Sure. Um, on the field, yeah, the Ron Turner days definitely set FIU back, and Butch Davis, as a football coach, has been able to generate enough talent and get enough wins to where he's brought the team up to speed, even though this year's been disappointing. If they can get to a bowl game for the third straight year, you know, that's successful in a yeah. sense. Where I'm going to throw it back at you that I think the Ron Turner days really set things back is fan enthusiasm. Oh, Because yeah. we're all there. We're there at the cage every week, you know, um, you are, you've been around the program longer than I have. So you've seen days where the cage was sold out during the T.Y. Hilton days. Mm -hmm. uh, the only time I've ever seen the cage sold out was when I came to FIU as a UCF student when they played FIU. Um, and of course, you got that huge in-state rivalry, and that's going to bring fans. Yeah. But uh, just to call a spade a spade, it's going to suck to get to the cage on Sunday, you know, senior day, and it's going to be the last home game or the last true home game for FIU, you know, at the cage because the last yeah. game will be at Marlins Park. And there's not going to be a lot of people there. So I think what the Ron Turner days did more than anything else coming off of Mario Cristobal was really set fan enthusiasm back. And it's going to take a lot to really bring those fans back. I've talked about it ad nauseum, you know, with you guys off the record on your guys' podcast, you know, on my podcast and in my writing, yeah. I would like to see more fans come out. The team is winning, but I can't blame them when they kind of always feel, and I think you guys are more qualified to speak on this than I am. Uh, it, the feeling I get from FIU fans is that they're always waiting for like the negative thing to happen, you know, as opposed to like fully getting invested and being excited about the team. They're more so cautious waiting for that negative thing to happen than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think you hit the nail on the head and, and you mentioned Mario Cristobal, like he's out there in Oregon doing his thing. They had, they're a one loss team. They just had a huge win this past weekend over, I think it was Washington state. And um, that's what FIU could have had long-term. You know, we, we could have had Mario Cristobal over here doing big things. And, um, you know, uh, and Pete decided to let him go. They decided to let him walk. And that's, I think that's really when FIU football started the, down, the downturn. And, um, but, you know, good for us. We got, we got Butch over here, and he's turning it around slowly but surely. It'll happen eventually. And, and um, you know, Edwin has mentioned, Edwin's not here with us today, obviously. Um, he mentioned, he mentioned that uh, FIU, what they really need is another TY. When we get another TY, that, that one player that everybody's going to be excited to see, that's when you'll start seeing fans return to the stadium. Now, obviously, winning's going to do that, too. You know? if, if they beat UM this year, that's going to be a like, huge catalyst to bring fans back to the stadium. I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, to the first part of what you said as far as having one player, yeah. I think that's huge. Because, I mean, once again, it is South Florida. We've got to keep it real here, guys. You know, yep. yes, winning helps. 
but it's also one thing to win. It's another thing to win in an exciting fashion. That's going to, you know, excite uh, people because in South Florida, y'all got a lot of options. You know, there's a lot of places you can, a lot of things you can do, a lot of places you can go outside of going to an FIU football game. Exactly. Uh, I can speak on that as a UCF grad. UCF won, you know, during my years consistently, but the stadium was never sold out until you had a Mackenzie Milton and a high-flying offense that was scoring 35, 40 points a game. And it's like, oh, man, this is an attraction. Instead of me, you know, going to the beach or taking a fan to Disney World or Universal or watching the FSU or, UF, uh, or um, UF game, yep. I'm going to go out to UCF. It's a cheaper ticket, and I'm going to get a chance to see this high-flying offense that's putting, putting up points with this exciting quarterback. So, And that's something that Butch Davis can't control. You know, his job is to win football games no matter what, whether it's, you know, three zero or fifty to forty five, right? <laughs> yeah. But yep. I do think you make a good point as far as having that exciting guy like Ty who can fill the cage. Uh, as to the second point, a win over UM would do a lot, especially because a conference USA championship is essentially out of the question here. Yeah. Um, I do think that would do a lot for generating fan enthusiasm, just because. You know, I'll keep it real with you guys. I am not a fan of FIU fans calling UM the rivalry, the rival, because. You don't play them every year, and you don't yeah. even play them in every sport. Yeah, they're not in Conference USA. Exactly. But, of course, we understand the different dynamics of why UM socially is their rival because a lot of FIU grads are UM fans. So I think a win against UM would do two things. One, it would go a long way to qualifying for a bowl game. But two, if you can really kind of cause that level of despair amongst the UM fans or FIU grads and say, hey, uh, my quote-unquote team can't even beat FIU, maybe I'll make my way back over to the cage and start supporting those guys. Uh, I think that would be huge as well. So, you know, I don't want to come down too hard on FIU fans or UM. Uh, FIU grads or UM fans, I think I've done that, you know, a lot over the past <laughs> year and a half. We all have. But um, I, I, do think, <laughs> I do think it would make a, a huge difference if they can somehow get that victory. Yeah, and another thing you said about, you mentioned when uh, UCF was winning consistently, that's also something that needs to happen. In South Florida, you can't just have a good season and win. You need to win consistently that's why marlins haven't been able to generate a fan base you know they've won two world series but they don't win consistently you know those are the only two good seasons marlins have had really except for a couple of uh seasons where they pushed for the wild card race but that's it you know aside from those two seasons they don't win consistently you, you gotta win consistently for fans to start showing up you, you fans need to know that you are that you're gonna compete on the regular or else they're not going to support you. That's just that's just the way Miami is. And I think it's I think it's like that in a lot of places. To be honest with you, when you see um, you know um, a lot a lot of people like to um, to uh, trash on South Florida fans not showing up to stadiums and stuff like that. But if you look at the Heat, for example, Heat win consistently, right? They they're consistently a good team. Right now, you know they're they're uh, rebuilding and they're they're kind of on the way back up now with Jimmy Butler, but. Even in the years where they did have a bad season, like the year after LeBron left, that was a terrible season for the Heat, uh, especially after Bosch went down with his uh, blood clots and everything. Um, even when the Heat are bad, like really bad, fans still to, uh, still show up to that arena because they know that the Heat have built a, a winning culture. When you look at other, other cities, for example, like Cleveland, like after LeBron left Cleveland, that, that, uh, their, their stadium or their arena attendance was like in the bottom 10 of the NBA when that, because that team does not win consistently. I don't Yeah. That, that's another thing. That, another, yeah. Go ahead, guys. I'm sorry. No, that, that's another thing. That's, that's what needs to happen for FIU. They got to win consistently. We need to win conference titles. We need to win bowl games for, for like 
we need to go like on a 10-year stretch where we're beating Power 5 conference schools and going to bowl games. You know, we need to become the next UCF, in, in essence, is for, for fans to start showing up. See, for me, I think, and talking to people around FIU and talking to people around South Florida, you know, I go on Larry Bluestein and do, you know, um, uh, uh, semi-weekly, or I shouldn't say semi-weekly, but every two weeks, uh, I do a radio spot with him on 560, and we talk about it all the time. I think there's a formula for FIU to really draw in a local fan base, right? And he talked about it. It's really this. UM, for better or worse, because of the fact that they haven't had consistent, consistent success over the past really uh, 15 years since you know the Larry Coker days and the Bush Davis days before that, mm-hmm. uh, they've really kind of alienated some of their fan base. And also, they haven't done a great job of recruiting the local area well. What Butch Davis has been able to do, well, he's not getting the five-star or four-star kids. He's getting a lot of the three-star and two-star local kids to come to FIU, right? If you look at their roster, they got a lot of Miami Central guys, you know, Miami Northwestern, yeah. Carroll City. Um, Jose Mirabal is a commit for 2020 from South Dade. I think if you can bring in those local kids, right, what you're going to do is build a connection to the local community. Then if you can, of course, win consistently, like you mentioned – and then if you can find that, that kid who is the exciting player, that local guy like T.Y. who was, you know, under-recruited, who makes his way to FIU, then you've got a way, a connection to build with the community and say, hey, uh, UM isn't winning. And not only are they not winning, but they're not even recruiting the kids from the hood. They're not recruiting the kids from the neighborhood. We are. Come to the cage. It's a, it's a, you know, a smaller venue. It's a cheaper ticket. And come enjoy your local team. So I think that's one way you can do it. And you mentioned the Marlins, you know, their struggle to, to um, fill the stadium. I remember even during those years that you mentioned where they had come off winning the World Series, but they weren't necessarily a playoff team, but they were like, you know, uh, in contention or, you know, down the stretch. The games that yeah. they would sell out or the games that they would get a strong attendance was when Dontre Willis was pitching. Yeah. Why is that? He was an entertaining dude, you exactly. know? So, like, if you do have that attraction, it doesn't, you don't even have to necessarily win, but if you have a guy who can at least say, hey, uh, that's unique to us, and that's unique here in, in Florida, uh, not every other team has that, that can draw fans out as well. So I think that's a formula for FIU to really kind of pack the cage. Definitely. Well, Eric, man, I want to thank you for coming on again, talking to us on NCAA uh, news with us and FIU. And, um, hey, man, we'll see you soon. We'll see, I'll see you Saturday, right? Yeah, of course, man. You see me Saturday, and, you know, to kind of bring – the uh, Lemonheads here, a little bit behind the podcast. These guys, yep. they're uh, sabotaging the Lemon City Live fantasy football, you know, the whole deal. <laughs> I haven't logged in in uh, weeks, months, whatever you want to call it. Y'all put the banana in the tailpipe, as man West said in postgame. So, you know, we're going to talk about that, you know, coming uh, this coming Saturday, all right? Hey, look, Edwin is our league manager. You can, you can take it up with him. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no all doubt. Right. Appreciate y'all having me on, guys. No problem, Eric. Well, everybody, you can follow Eric Henry at Eric C. Henry underscore for, for, all his, uh, for all his great insight like you heard here today. Eric, thanks again for joining us, man. Anytime, brother. Appreciate it. Take care, dude. So there you have it. Hard times for the Panthers. It's all good. I mean, nah, not so much. You know, they're better than they used to be. But, but still, not what we expected this season. Hopefully they turn it around moving forward. And uh, the Canes, man, Canes, uh, they got it done in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is not a team that's going to lie down and just let you beat them, man. That's a, good, that's a pretty good squad. Uh, and Canes went out there, and they won at Pitt, which, uh, you know, la- last time they played at Pitt, I think they, they lost, which is the season when uh, they went in there undefeated, and then, and then they lost going into uh, the Orange Bowl. 
Oh, not the Orange Bowl, the ACC championship game when they got mollywhopped by Clemson. We all remember that, but we don't want to. We don't want to remember that. Um, but it's been it's actually been man, a super busy week. Like I said, I think Sunday was actually the the only day on the calendar in this calendar year when you have all the major sports playing. We had NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL hockey. And I think those even uh, MLS soccer, since we got the MLS Cup going on right now. Actually, today, LAFC faced off against the Seattle Sounders. And um, just a, a few days ago, uh, it was El Trafico was, uh, was in the playoffs, right? It was a Trafico moment in the playoffs. First time I think they, met, they meet in the playoffs. And LAFC got it done against the Los Angeles Galaxy. It was the first time I think that LAFC defeats the Los Angeles Galaxy, and it just so happened to be an, an elimination game in the playoffs. But this uh, today, actually, the Sounders uh, defeated LAFC 3-1. to one. Our boy, I, know, I know my boy Edwin's sad to see them lose. It's all good. But now uh, the Sounders are going to face the winner of Toronto and Atlanta on November 10th. So that should be fun, right? We, I mean, I'm trying to get y'all hyped for this MLS season coming up next season, man. Y'all need to pay attention. I know that it's been a little weird. With this whole Inter-Miami thing, is it going to be Inter-Miami? Is it going to be Inter for Lauderdale? We don't know what's happening. Where's the stadium going to be? Is there even going to be a stadium? Uh, I'm looking at you, but you should, should, should be looking at me. Remember the whole Vin Va Vince Vaughn rant that he went on? That's what I'm trying to do here. I, I suck at it, but it's all good. But yeah, MLS, man. MLS, Cups, MLS Cup is going on. I'm trying to get y'all hyped. Next season, they already started playing. They already start, they start playing right now in 2020. Uh, February, but and they already broke ground on uh, on the new stadium up in Fort Lauderdale. It's gonna be, yeah, I guess, a temporary stadium. They're calling it. I hope it doesn't become a permanent stadium because we don't need another Miami Fusion scenario playing in Lockhart and Fort Lauderdale again. That makes no sense. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. So November tenth is the MLS Cup final between Seattle Sounders and the winner of Toronto Atlanta. I think it's gonna be Atlanta. We'll see what happens. Um, <clears throat> we also had, let's talk a little fins, man. Oh, it's a, it's a rough season to be a Miami Dolphins fan. Very rough season. Um, I think Monday, Monday's, uh, Monday Night Football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. That was the one game where even if you're rooting for the Dolphins to all out tank and you want them to lose every game, that's the one game where you actually wanted the Dolphins to win. Because we got that uh, first-round pick from the Steelers, and the worse their record is, the higher pick we get. So we want that pick to be a top-five pick. Steelers only had two wins going into that game. They could have been, uh, they they could have been uh, just. Um, I mean, they're they're just as bad as the Dolphins. I'm sorry, the Steelers. Um, game started off. I mean, but, but credit credit to the Steelers, man. Game started off. The Dolphins. Took a quick lead. No one saw that coming. Then they added to that lead. No one saw that coming. But then they made their adjustments. The Steelers did. You know, I mean, I mean, I guess they're not as bad as the Dolphins. But still, you know, not having your your star quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger, having to start, um, I forget his name, coming off a, a freaking concussion. You know, I think this is the first episode of Lemon City Live that I do by myself. And for you guys that don't know, I will forget everybody's name. I will forget Aaron Rodgers' name one day. And I'll be like, well, who's this guy that quarterbacks the Green Bay Packers again? Oh, yeah. Little guy by, uh, not a little guy, but somebody known as Aaron Rodgers. 
That happens to me all the time. I apologize if I forget somebody, somebody's name who's obvious. But it's going to happen. Just, uh, just roll with it, baby. So, anyways, back to Dolphins and Steelers. Man, Dolphins, they were looking good. Fitzmagic, was, he, was, he brought that magic in the first half, but didn't come out for the second half. I don't know what happened. Steelers made their adjustments. It's all good. It's, uh, yeah, everything's going as planned. The only thing that pissed me off is fucking Minka Fitzpatrick getting those two interceptions. God damn it. I, d- I did not want that guy to get an interception on, on, on the Dolphins, man. Forced his way out of here in a punk move, the, 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 the most punk move of the season. And it is what it is, you know? Still, Dolphins, you know, they're, they're still going to get a, their own top five pick. We'll see what happens at the, in the last game of the season when we face uh, the Cincinnati Bungles. I've been saying it all season, man. Dolphins are the only team that's actively trying to lose games. Not the team itself, but the front office. Every other team in the NFL, they're trying to win. Cincinnati's trying to win. The Jets are trying to win. And they're not doing so. That's why, I, that's why in last week's uh, top five, bottom five, I put the Jets below the Dolphins because they're just they're trash. That's a sucky organization. But... That's neither here nor there. Um, <clears throat> today was also today was actually an incredibly busy day because we had the World Series going on. We had, as I mentioned, that MLS uh, MLS playoff game between LAFC and Seattle Sounders going on. Uh, we also had uh, the Heat. Miami Heat played today. It was Jimmy Butler's first game uh, of the season because he was on paternity leave. Right, he had a little. His uh his girl gave birth to a little girl, and uh, so it was his first game back. He looked as as you would expect, you know. He played well. The Heat, man, I I really love this young core, man. I really love this young core of the Miami Heat. Um, Tyler Hero scored 18 points in the second quarter alone today against the Atlanta Hawks. He finished the game with 29 points, seven rebounds, two assists. How crazy! Is that for a rookie? And he's not the only one that's doing it big because you got Kendrick Nunn over there scoring at least 18 points in his first three regular season games, which hasn't been done in forever. I don't remember the stat. When's the last time somebody did that? But it hasn't been done in a very long time. He's looking great. We picked him up, man. What a, what a steal. We, we signed him in the last day um, that you're able to sign somebody. I think it was the last day of the regular season last year from the G League, and man, that guy, he's, he's just, he looks so good, and uh, I found out today, actually, that um, when he was in college, <coughs> excuse me, he was, uh, he was uh, leading the NCAA in scoring alongside a homeboy from Atlanta who got injured today. You're going to have to excuse me, I'm forgetting his name, Trey Young, there we go. Trey Young, man, he got injured tonight. Um, he injured his his right ankle, but um, the X-rays were negative, so that's good for Atlanta. He, hopefully, he doesn't miss too much time for them. But yeah, he he and Trey Young, when they were in college, I think Trey Young was number one. Kendrick Nunn was number two in scoring in the NCAA when he back when he was at uh, Oakland, Oakland University, I think it was called. I don't know, Oakland College, Oakland State. Somebody tweet at me at Lemon City Live. Uh, but that's pretty cool. Then and, and and today they uh they faced off against each other. 
Uh, it sucks to see Treyon go down. You know, you never, you don't like to see that, man. You, you want to see your best players play, right? You want to see them do well. But this whole heat, uh, this core of young guys, man. Bam Adebayo looks good. He's he's progressing the way we want him to. Justice Winslow on the opening night of the season with Jimmy Butler out, with Dion Waiters out, drops 27 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. That's almost a triple double, dude. That's what that's the step that you wanted to see Jimmy Butler take. That's the progression you wanted to see him take. So, very happy with that. Hopefully, I mean, he, that it's going to be difficult for him to continue putting up those kind of numbers all season, especially now with Jimmy Butler back who's going to get the majority of the looks, but that's the that's the kind of thing that you want to see Justice Winslow be able to do. Right? He only had 2 points tonight, but it's all good. You know, he contributed in other ways. He's a he's a super defensive player. He only had one he was one of seven shooting. Uh but he had six rebounds and three assists. You know. That's good. Bam Adebayo had seventeen points tonight. Kendrick Nunn had seventeen points tonight. So that's four straight games for Kevin Nunn scoring at least seventeen points. That's incredible. That's incredible. I love it. I love it. Goran Dragic, man, making a case for sixth man of the year with his twenty one points tonight. And he's coming off the bench. He's been he's been coming off the bench. He looks great. Taking that taking a taking a what's it called? A page from uh from Dwayne Wade's book. Right? So I I'm very excited about this Miami Heat squad. Uh it kinda reminds me of the year before we traded for Shaquille O'Neal. Where it was just man, it, that that Heat squad. You had a young Dwayne Wade, Lamar Odom. You had a bunch of young guys, and they uh, um, and they were just so much fun to watch, man. Because you, when you have a team full of young guys, you get that energy, man. You get that young man energy. You know what I mean? And it's uh, it's it's contagious. Like not just to each other on that squad. Like they just they just pop out of your TV, man. You got you got a. Um, Homeboy uh, with the alley-oops. Now I'm forgetting his name. See, this is another reason why I shouldn't do the shows, Edwin and, uh, and Tenard. What are you doing? How are you going to lead me to, uh, to my own devices? It's not a good look. But uh, Derek Jones Jr., he didn't play today. He's, uh, he's got a left groin strain, but, man, that guy's exciting to watch. It's, it's, he just he jump, he literally, not literally, figuratively jumps out of your TV. And he'll dunk it in your face, and you'll take it, and you'll like it. But, yes, Heat, man, 3-1. And, one. and uh, the game that they lost, the one game that they lost was in Minnesota. You know, after, that was, that was a, it wasn't a long road trip, but the distance that they traveled was long. So they, they were probably tired, and, and they were actually leading that game going into the fourth quarter by a good amount, and they just, they ran out of steam in the fourth quarter, and uh, Andrew Wiggins just went off. It happens. Those things happen. But it was still, still it, was, it was a fun game to watch. He, he could very easily be 4-0 right now, and I don't think they're getting talked a lot. Uh, I mean, they're, you know, it's a, young, it's a young team. He didn't make the playoffs last year so or the year before that, so they are probably going to have to prove a little bit more before they, get, before they start getting talked about in league circles. Uh, but I think everyone everyone should be afraid of this team, man. Not maybe not everyone, but in the East at least, everyone not Philadelphia, everyone not Milwaukee, maybe Toronto should be afraid. But everyone else should be afraid for sure. 
because man, these guys and this uh, and they're not even winning with that typical Heat defense. They're just putting up points, which is crazy. When they get that defense down packed, god damn, that's gonna be scary for everybody. Even for the teams that I that I mentioned before, the the top teams. That's going to be scary for them because if you, if the Heat, they always defend everybody well. I don't care who it is. That's how they they squeezed out those wins versus um versus Golden State when Golden State was at the at the top of their game. It went it was, you know, yeah, yeah, the Heat had to to put up some lucky game winners at the end to get that win, but they but they had to play defense to stay with them the entire game. And those are some offensively gifted dudes on those other teams, but that's that that once that heat defense comes in, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I think they're gonna I think they're going to just roll into a, a top four team in the Eastern Conference. There'll be there'll be a three or four. And then uh, you know, a lot of a lot of guys, uh notably uh George Sedano mentioned uh he picked the Heat to be, I think it was a three or a four seed early on. And um I never doubt those guys. You know uh, when they make those those sort of picks, but uh, this season it was a little. I I I didn't doubt them, but I I wanted to see why they why they picked the the Heat to be a, a as as high as a three seed. You know what I mean? But now I see why. Cause man, Tyler Hero, that guy's a bucket. Jimmy buckets is another bucket, and he's yeah, he's the original bucket. But man, they're just so much fun to watch. Kendrick Nunn. He's the he's the nun from the conjuring. Everybody should be afraid of him. Um That's not all that happened today. We also had the World Series. And unless you've been living under a bridge that with no cable, then you should know that this World Series has been incredibly crazy. This is a stat that I learned today is that in the history of Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, no road team has ever won the first six games of a series. Today, the Washington Nationals uh, beat the Astros 7-2 with an incredible outing by uh, Steven Strasburg. He went eight in the third innings, only allowed five hits, two runs. He only walked two, uh, two guys, two walks, seven strikeouts. And um, and they beat they were able to beat the Astros. So, but what's incredible is that in games one and two at Houston, the Astros won. In games three, four, and five in Washington, the Astros won. So today, with the with the Nationals beating the Astros, this is the first time in history that that a road team has won the first six games, and that's that's just a crazy stat to me. I, I can't believe that that's never happened before. And it's just amazing. It's just amazing to see. So now tomorrow, not tomorrow, with game seven, when they play. And, oh, another thing I forgot to mention, Verlander, bro. My boy Justin Verlander, I think he's 0-6 now in World Series games. 0-5, 0-6, I forget, in World Series games. Man, that's that's got to suck because he is so money. The guy is a Hall of Famer for sure. He has to be a Hall of Famer. And he just... For some reason, and all throughout the playoffs, he's been money. Right in the in the division series, he was money. In the ALS, he was ALCS, he was money. 
in the ALCS, man. And but now in the and but in the World Series, I don't know. I don't know what's up with that guy. Why can't he get it done in the World Series? Is it in his head? Does he get the yips? You know, the other day he he gave up. I forget how many runs it was in in the fourth inning, I believe. And the rest of the game he was great, but just that inning he gave up. He just gave up enough runs for the other for the Nationals to get it done. I think that was game game two. Uh, but uh, man, it sucks because I'm 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 a I like Verlander in room. He's an he seems like a nice guy. He does his thing. He's he's a monster. Everybody's afraid of him when they when you when you gotta face Verlander. Every batter when you gotta face Verlander, and it's not like he's a physical, physically uh, uh, imposing person or anything. He just looks like a guy. But he's he's got some he's got the stuff, man. He every batter's afraid of uh to face Verlander. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. The guy can straight up sling it but not in the world series apparently i don't know it, it, it's got to be just one of those things where it's just i don't bad luck or it's just a coincidence that though he just happened to have a bad game during the world series you know what i mean i i i can't believe that it i i want to uh, allow myself to believe that it's that it's in his head or whatever I just think that it just hasn't worked out for him, and that's unfortunate. But now it's going down to Game Seven. We get Max Scherzer. I'm not sure who's gonna pick who's gonna pitch for the Astros, but it looks like Washington is gonna take is gonna take this World Series, and that's that's crazy to think about when you when you think about how they started the year. Edwin uh, mentioned the other, uh, I think it was last week's podcast, that it reminds him of the um, the 03 Marlins, I think he said, when they started off, uh, like, I don't know, I forget what their, what their record was when they were like 1-19 or something, 5-19 and 19 or whatever. And uh, the Nationals, they, they started out pretty similar. They, they had a, a bad beginning to the season, and then they just went on a run after that beginning, after that terrible beginning of the season. And they've they've been money, and and that's after losing their their star player. They lost they lost Bryce Harper to to free agency, and and everybody just they they counted them out. They counted them out after losing Bryce Harper. But look what they've done. Do, do you, I want to ask you guys? Go ahead and tweet tweet at us at Lemon City Live. Do you think Bryce Harper's kicking his own ass, like uh like Jim Carrey and Liar Liar? Do you think he's sitting at home? Do you even do you even think he's watching the games? I don't know. I don't think he's watching the games. I think he's team petty. Because I mean, especially when uh uh the with the the contract that he signed, he just wanted a little bit more than Giancarlo Stanton so that he could be the highest paid guy. That's team petty. He could be one of the highest. He could be the second highest paid player in the league and winning a World Series, which is something that Stanton is not doing right now. He. He's not in the World Series either. So, what, what, what do you guys think? Let me know. Tweet at us. At Lemon City Live. Let us know what you think. And uh, I'm going to be watching Game 7. I don't know about you guys. But that is just incredible. Incredible what, what the Nats have been able to do this season. Uh, un- <coughs> oh, excuse me. I know we like to... Uh, I'm gonna change the subject right quick. I know I, I know uh, here at Lemon City Live we like to rag on LeBron a little bit. You know, it's just it's just easy to make fun of that guy. 
um, especially because he left us here in Miami. So we are also team petty. But something cool, uh, and you know, and we did talk about you know the whole China thing. Uh, we spoke about that with uh, Brendan Tobin a few weeks ago. He is, he expressed his viewpoints, and we expressed ours. Um, but something cool that LeBron did recently. Uh, we on um I mean, unless if you haven't heard, there are some fires, uh, that are going in California. Um. In LA, right? I think they're like twenty miles away from LeBron's house. Actually, he had to he he, he and his family had to evacuate his home, and I think he's still not able to go back home. But uh, LeBron, he actually sent a taco truck to feed lunch to all of the first responders that are fighting those Getty fires, as they're calling them. Uh, I think that was today that he did that, and that's man, that's amazing. That sh- so shout out to LeBron for doing something cool for those for those first responders. Uh, you don't you don't really hear about that kind of stuff enough. I think you know we only hear about the bad things that these athletes and these uh, famous people do, right? We only hear about LeBron's comments. Uh, and and when it when it came to the China thing of when it came to uh the the China debacle, China Gate, I don't know what they're calling it. When uh Houston's GM basically was talking about pro Hong Kong, his pro Hong Kong views and his first amendment rights and all that stuff. And LeBron told him that he should not be making those comments. And a lot of people were against LeBron in that aspect, you know, but whatever, we're all human. We all make mistakes. I personally think LeBron was, was wrong in that scenario, but you know, he comes right back and he does something like this, you know, he's, he, he does, he does a lot of good things. He does a lot of good things. I'm not going to lie. So shout out to LeBron for that. But back to basketball. Miami Heat. I don't know why I wanted to bring it back to basketball just because I was talking LeBron, I guess. Oh, no, I forgot to mention this. If you guys have been watching the World Series, back to the World Series. If you guys have been watching the World Series and you were watching Game 5, then you had to see these two girls... (laughs) who flashed Garrett Cole in a failed attempt to distract him while pitching in Game 5. These girls, uh, Julie Rose and Lauren Summer, banned indefinitely for, for flashing homeboy while, while he was trying to pitch Game 5. But, yo, worth it, right? Worth it? Worth it. I think it was worth it. <laughs> oh, man. How does not how does that not happen more often? Because I want, it, sports is always live, right? We, we I mean maybe there's like a few second delay, but for the most part, it's live. You, you you see what's happening as it's happening. So how does how do people not do or get put themselves out there more often to, to do stuff like that? That's crazy. I wonder if those girls were arrested. I don't know, but they've been banned indefinitely. Shout out to those girls. They they also do a good thing. Them and LeBron, they're on the, they're on the same they're on the same level. <laughs> oh man, excuse me. Edwin and and Tenard are out, and I'm here with a cough, holding it down. But it's okay. <clears throat> I haven't taken anything. I'm just drinking water, powering through this. Um, man. But l- like I was saying earlier, it has been 
an incredibly busy week for sports. We got all the major sports going on right now. Fantasy football is breaking hearts all across America. How many of you? Uh, how many of you forgot to put Drew Brees back into your starting lineup, or to take him out of IR, and to uh, take Teddy Bridgewater out of the starting out of the starting quarterback position? I know I did. But I had, see, I had, um, I think I, I was starting t- Teddy Bridgewater in like three teams. And in two of them, I did replace him. In one of them, I picked up Phillip Rivers off the waiver wire. And I forgot to plug him into the starting spot. And then I ended up losing by like four points. I was so pissed. But it's all good. I can only blame myself. At least I know I'm still doing, still doing well. Not doing so well in the Lemon City Live League, actually. Let me check it out. Let me check the Lemon City Live League. I know I wasn't doing that bad, actually. I'm pretty sure I just lost to uh, Des Nuts. Yep. Who's Des Nuts? Let's check that out. Des Nuts. Juan. Oh, Juanky. Juanky, bro. I didn't have a bad game, but Juanky just had a really good game. Des Nuts putting up, putting up some points. 134 points for for Honky. Good job, Honky. Maybe uh we should invite you on the show. So you can tell us what it is that we're all doing wrong here. I'm not doing so bad. I'm in third place in my division at 4 and 4. Edwin is 3 and 5. Remember when he was making fun of my team? Sorry, Edwin. I know you're not here to defend yourself, so I'll just leave it at that. And uh Eric Henry, man, I know that he's having a Trouble logging into the league. I don't know what's. I don't know what's. I'm not the league administrator. That would be, or the league. Uh, the league manager. That would be Edwin. But uh, Ed, uh, Eric Henry is still at four and four. Team Henry. Still five hundred. He's he's not doing that bad. Third place in his division. Shout out! Shout out to Eric Henry, man. Gotta love that guy. Ugh. Even though there's a lot going on, slow show for me. I can't talk about everything because uh, I'm just not that knowledgeable in everything. Also, I don't cover everything, right? I don't. I don't cover Canes. That's that's our boy Gabe, who's also our Marlins guy. Transitioned after the Marlins uh, season ended into Canes. Uh, we promise you, we'll give you some more in-depth coverage. And also, Tonar's not here, so. Can't talk too much about that either. That's why I only spent like a minute talking about the Canes. I don't even know who they play next, if I'm being honest. But I'm, I am looking forward to that Canes versus FIU game. That's going to be a lot of fun. Even though both teams kind of suck right now. They're very underwhelming, both of them. Uh, But it's still going to be fun, man. Whenever those two teams play each other, the tailgates are always lit. I don't know how they're going to – I don't know how tailgate's going to work this, this, uh, this year at Marlins Park. How do you tailgate there? There's parking garages. You know, and you can't really, like, post up in people's yards anymore. I mean, you can a little bit. There's still some of that going on. But it's not like the old Orange Bowl days where you can only park in somebody's yard. That was great. We'll figure it out. We'll park, we'll, we'll tailgate in the parking garage if we have to. I won't tell you where I park. I never park in the parking garage unless someone else is paying. But I won't tell you where I park that I never pay because then everyone was going to do it 
and I won't have my space available to me anymore. So good luck trying to figure that out. Uh, if you really want to know, you can just ask me personally, but I'm not going to put it out there like that. Um, I just want to... I want to finish the show off talking a little bit about my Miami Dolphins. And it's it's been weird covering them this year knowing that they're that the front office is not trying to um the front office is not trying to win any games. I think that they are actively tanking, right? They trade away all their best players just uh yesterday before the trade deadline, or uh, not yesterday, it was earlier in the week, it was uh, it was uh, Sunday or Saturday, they traded away Kenyon Drake to the Arizona Cardinals. And, um, and uh, even though he hasn't been playing much this season, right, we've seen Mark Walton take a majority, uh, maybe not the majority of the carries, but We've seen him emerge, and maybe that's why they decided to trade Kenyon Drake. They didn't want to. They didn't want to pay him. And um, and and the guy, for some reason, never really solidified himself as the running back for them for the Miami Dolphins. But he's had hell. He's had some crazy games. He had those like three straight games. I think it was where he went over two hundred yards. And uh, obviously, everybody remembers the Miami Miracle. Like, like that guy, man, he's done work. He's put in work with the Miami Dolphins, but for some reason, was never able to solidify himself. And even this season, you know, Mark Walton went out there and he he did his thing. He had a fumble yesterday, but but he still he he looks good, man. I like my and I'm and I'm now talking about Mark Walton. I'm very glad that that um he re, that he was able to put his mistakes behind him, keep that in his past, and is now looking and is now, you know, improving himself, proving himself with the Miami Dolphins. Maybe he just needed to be home. Maybe he needs that support system of his family or or whatever it is. You know, he, I mean, he's a young guy. It happens. Young guys make young guy mistakes so uh it probably just took him to coming home and uh I don't know, maybe his mom threw a chancleta at him <laughs> <laughs> or oh man i remember this one time uh when i was in high school um i uh, i was in the band we went out to some competition or something and i told my mom oh, i'll be back at school like at nine o'clock get back to school and it's we, we get back to school really early, so I decide oh, I'm going to go have pizza with my friends. And then I'll get back to school in time for my mom to pick me up. And I didn't even tell her. I just went. So somehow she realized or she noticed that we were back at school early, so she went. And obviously I'm not there. She asked somebody I won't, uh, where I was, and they told her, oh, he went to have pizza at such and such place. Um... As I'm eating pizza, I I just I I don't even feel anything. I, I all of a sudden someone is yanking me by the ear, 
and I look and I just see my mom with the craziest face I've ever seen. I've never been more afraid for my life. And I've been in fist fights before. But, and this was, I think I was in 10th grade. That was my sophomore year of high school. And uh, that was, that was a pretty scary moment in my life. <laughs> Mom, if you're listening, I'll never forget that. You have scarred me for life. No, but seriously, Mark Walton, I think, I think that's what Mark Walton, maybe that's what he needed. Maybe he needed to come home. He needed a, he needed his, his uh, so whoever whoever's in his family is the one that cares for him or cared for him, to just uh, to discipline him a little bit, right? Maybe he needed a good talking to. Who knows? But I'm but anyway, what I'm trying to say is that I'm glad he's doing better now, and I'm glad that he's uh showing out for the Dolphins, man. He that there are a good amount of players on this team. They're a good young talent. Mark Walton is definitely one of them. That when um when we start when we start signing guys and drafting guys, he's more than likely gonna be one of the few guys that that's able to keep his job here in Miami. So with that, I just want to thank Eric Henry once again for joining us. Uh, I want to give a shout out to my co-host who couldn't make it, Edwin Garcia. Snard Davis, don't ever let me do this by myself again because I'm just talking to nobody. I'm just talking to whoever's listening. If you're listening in your car, go ahead and give me a, a nice little honk. Shout out to Magic City Casino Highlight. Make sure you get out there. Uh, check out the high. It's a lot of fun. They always have drink specials and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Hopefully, I'll see you out there. All right. Remember to follow us at Lemon City Live on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. I think we're even going to st- we're going to start a TikTok account pretty soon. We're jumping on that bandwagon. Uh, make sure to check out lemoncitylive.com for all your Miami Dolphins, Florida Panthers, FIU Panthers, University of Miami Hurricanes recaps. Right? Pretty soon hopefully we'll have some uh Miami Heat stuff for you. And as soon as baseball, as soon as Martin's baseball rolls around once again, we'll get that started. Um, all right. Thank you very much for joining us. Deuces. I wrote a song about it. Like the kid, kid go. You live every Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Records played on Wednesday. <laughs> Lemon City. La, 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 la. I'm always happy to jump on with uh, my favorite Lemonheads.